Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to another episode of Best of Health Radio by Ask the PA, Barb Regis. I am so thrilled to be here again. Uh, We've had some great episodes lately just discussing health in general and ways that we can protect our family and things that we can do to advocate for each other. And this is going to be another show with a little bit of another twist. So today I actually have two guests that are going to be in the studio today. One is running behind because of traffic at Go Figure in Phoenix Metro 6.2 million. But I would like to introduce my first guest today and her name is Judy Pearson and she's the founder of A Second Act. And I want to just Turn the mic over to you, Judy, and tell me about you and a second act. Be careful what you wish for. I can talk a long time. (laughs) That's good. Well, um, a quick brief history. I am a writer by profession, and I was writing a book about women's courage and Mm -hmm. why that's important to recognize the difference between men's, men's and women's courage. And a part of the research involved volunteering. And the preeminent volunteer researcher was right here at ASU. Oh, so he and I had conflict or conversations, no conflicts, conversations about researching lots of data. I thought it was really uh, interesting about volunteering. Then I got cancer. I had a diagnosis in April of 2011 of triple negative breast cancer, oh, which wow. is rare, Very aggressive, rare. especially for a middle-aged white woman who isn't Jewish. Those are the three markers, and I am none of those. So after treatment, ironically, the Courage book just didn't fit. But okay. I came across the volunteering research, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I was meeting survivors who were doing remarkable things in their survivorship. They were giving back to the greater good. And I thought, huh, by helping others, they're healing themselves. So the two things sort of clashed, and I realized that their stories of second acts needed to be shared, and a friend had been accepted to storytelling cast about motherhood and we noodled this over and came up with a theater concept she lost her battle against metastasized fallopian tube cancer fallopian tube yeah and i just thought you know i'm gonna do this and that's how a second act was born and the original idea was that we would do these storytelling performances and the money that we raised would allow us to make micro grants to women who wanted to launch or grow their second acts in the cities where the performances were but since then, mm-hmm. it's grown like crazy. <laughs> so you got to be really, really excited about oh that. Oh, my God. Taking I'm something so really, excited. really. That I made up in my spare bedroom. That's, <laughs> I think some of the best ideas happen just like that. In your jammies. Like, exactly. All of a sudden, wow, I should do this. And as someone who is also a cancer patient myself with uh, malignant melanoma stage three, and I was a rare bird as well, didn't hit any of the criteria, but here we are. I really was excited about hearing about Second Act because it's interesting. You have two choices in cancer. You, you know, you deal with it, you go on, you get strong and courageous. And as you said, the next step is like, what can you do for the better good? Right. And for you to be able to come up with a concept and be able to help women, men, children, maybe someday, you know, be able to share their stories 
is is just huge because you're right. That's part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. That's just part of even part of the grieving process too. That's right. And so I'm really curious as to what exactly is it that second act is all about? I mean, specifically like for, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, you, no, you. Okay. okay yeah. Um, that's what we do, right? Here. That's right. That's right. But, so, so the mission statement right. is that recognizing that healing is helping, a second act supports and celebrates women survivors of all cancers who are giving back to the greater good, using their gifts of life and experience to give back to the greater good. And we are women-centric not because we don't care about men. That's not the least bit true. But what I recognized in observing other survivorship organizations and workshops and, and so on and so forth, if you had, for example, just women in a group, I sat at a plastic surgery panel one time where mm -hmm. women were ripping off their blouses to get doctors' opinions of their mastectomy scars and their reconstruction, and nobody do that if there had been boys in the room. So That'd that's true. That's the first thing. And sec, well, maybe some of us would. And secondly, the other thing is that there are a lot of other, as you know things that happen to us going through cancer, regardless of the type of cancer, lots of relationship issues and intimacy issues and self-image issues, and just even, you know, deep-seated psychological things that are easier to discuss in sort of a same-gender arena. Right. And so that's our whole thing. I, I think men could totally be helped by this concept, but we just need a man to step up and do it. We have, however, had a 15-year-old in 19, or I mean, in 2017, we had a 15-year-old survivor of a bone sarcoma okay. as a part of our cast. That's amazing. So how many people are in this cast? So there are eight women um, in the cast, all told with the upcoming performance um, next month in March, we will have had 50 survivors um, take the stage under the auspices of Second Act. I did three test shows mm -hmm. prior to moving back to Phoenix and actually launching the organization. So this will be my 10th performance. Where did you do those? Uh, two in Nashville and mm -hmm. one in Chicago. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you move back here and you're like, and we're going to keep going with that's it. That's right. That's right. So, and I had to kind of start from ground zero. I had lived here for 20 plus years, got divorced, moved back to a home I owned in Michigan, met the man of my dreams. Ladies, mm -hmm. if you're looking for him, he's already taken. Uh, the best man in the world. Then we also bought a condo in downtown Chicago. Okay. So, and that's where I was treated. Mm -hmm. But coming here, I had friends, but I had I didn't know anyone in the cancer community, right? Because I hadn't gone through treatment here. So I had to kind of start from ground zero. And and that's what's really exciting is that you're finding people from all over the valley that are coming together. Oh yeah, with like you say, common goals of dealing with their cancer, and everybody deals with it in different ways and yes us women we like to talk about it that's right once we get to the point of accepting it and at first when you get these diagnoses you feel so lonely you feel like why me and to be able to have fellow women who are going through similar experiences share with you their stories it does bring a lot of comfort that's right and that's what excited me about learning about a second act because what you're doing is it's so much more than just helping people heal 
you're educating people, you're you're bringing these discussions to the forefront. And what's hard for us in the medical community sometimes is like people don't even want to deal with the cancer word. Right. But to be able to take someone who never thought they'd ever get cancer and be able to evolve from that to be able to giving back to the community and then to be able to get on stage and talk about their second act is so amazing. And it would be so amazing to me to see that with all sorts of different diagnoses. No, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And in fact, in the the cast of uh, next month's show, five or six, I can't remember which, different cancers are represented. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, because really people, um, it's so humbling. Yeah. It is. You know, it, I mean, really, it, sometimes you're speechless about it because you just don't think that this can happen, especially something so rare like your cancer and kind of rare like my specific type of cancer. It's like, really? Yeah. Yeah. And then for all these women, like one in seven are going to get breast cancer, you know, in their and one lifetime. in three overall will yeah. get cancer. So that's a pretty, Karen, you're safe because we got you covered here. Dan, not so much. You're on your own, bud. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We got we to get Stan in stage One here. in He's, two yeah. men receive a diagnosis in their lifetime. Yep. Yeah. It's really amazing. And that's why for us in private primary care, just trying to look for signs and symptoms and have people be proactive rather than reactive to everything. Because the treatment therapies that are out there are so amazing what's happening in the treatment of all cancers. And for women to be able to get out on stage, tell their story, if it just helps like one person. That's right. That's the goal. Just one. one. Each woman's story will touch at least one person right. in the audience. And I tell them that right before they walk on the stage. Today, your words are going to change somebody's life. And I've seen it happen. Right. Time and time again. And fortunately, because there are hundreds in the audience, each woman touches, you know, hundreds of people. <laughs> Do you have a do you have a story that you like to share? Like, like well, let me just back up a little bit yeah. when you were talking about primary care. Right. So, as a writer, I had a really hard time finding the next great story. I'm I'm a nonfiction writer. I write biography, mm-hmm. so I was searching for the next great book. Right, and when I found it, I was astounded. So it is the history of Nixon's war on cancer, the survivorship movement it created, and the woman who gave it a voice. And where I'm going with all of this is that one of the things that is getting better, but even in 2019, there's still not an enormous amount of coordinated care after treatment ends. Right. And, And the primary care physicians do the best that they can the nurse practitioners, the physician's assistants, all of them do the best that they can. But we as survivors are responsible for making sure our needs are met, for being able to articulate that, and for keeping track of what we went through. It was an absolute assault to every system in our bodies. And we have to know what drugs were used, how much radiation, what are those side effects, what are the long-term side right. effects. And the long-term stuff is what's what's really scary because we know what happens to survivors who are now 10, 15, 20 years out. But like you and me, 
Right. You know, we don't know 10 no. or 15 years from now what we're going to be like. No. And, and that's the that's the really the biggest challenge I think that survivors face is keeping track of their stuff and being willing to speak up or find an advocate for them to speak up. And it's interesting because the last person on my show is Bridges RN Advocacy. And that's exactly what. Um, really? What, yeah. Yeah. You should. I need a contact. Well, I'll tell you what. Melissa is amazing. Oh, and, my gosh. Um, what we did was we talked just about that. We yeah. talked about all the gaps in healthcare, about how people need advocacy. They don't know the right questions to ask. That's they right. don't know or they're how afraid to, to challenge. They're, and oh, absolutely. The doctor, the doctor we, is the doctor. Well, you know, I I beg to say that that's changing big time in healthcare right now because with so much knowledge that you have on the internet and stuff like that. And I well, think, that's true. Yeah, most true. providers, I'm hoping, are learning that. Have that conversation. And make sure that you're really listening to your patients. It's interesting. Uh, Melissa Cardini and I had this huge conversation about that last week, two weeks ago on the show. And, um, you know, we came to the conclusion is that there's so much going on in healthcare with healthcare providers, with the EMRs and everything like that, that you're losing track of that old fashioned, like, let's just have that conversation, exactly. which is what. I really like to spend in my office is like, we're going to take the time. We're going to make sure that we've got all this covered. And then what I want to do is make sure that you're enabled to know the right questions to ask. But also, you're right. After the cure, like in melanoma, there's no, we can't say we're cured. Right. We can say there's no evidence of disease. Right. But we know statistically, most of us, especially if there's any genetic code, we're going to get it back. Yeah. Right. And so to be able to make sure that you don't get a false sense of security, you make sure you do your three-month skin checks, you make sure you get your mammograms, you make sure you go for your MRIs and not become complacent about your health because you're right. Providers don't have the time. No. They're not going to do it. The, the attitude is like, once you're done with therapy, hey, I'm done with you. Uh, we'll see you in six months if you choose to remember to come back. And so many stories over and over of, of patients and people that I've been advocating advocating for like these melanoma sites and stuff like that you know that's been the big issue is like oh i just thought i was fine and i didn't go back for you know four or five years and now i'm stage three this and stage three that that kind of thing and that's you're right and we we need to do a better job as advocates and the fact that you're doing this setting the stage and and opening up that conversation right is so so critically valuable and that's why i'm I'm, it's kind of funny because what i'm trying to do is we're finding the dream teams you know the dream teams of people that really care and so you got you you know and 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 on the show we're we're like bringing in somebody you know that 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 brings the bridges for advocacy together someone who can help with like planning you know before death after death planning um you know there's so many great people out there but how do we get everybody together? Yeah, you know, and finally the dots. Exactly. And somebody referred us to as you guys are old dinosaurs because uh, you know, no one else has time for this. Well, that's not true. No. You know, we just have to it be has passionate. To that's right. And you are showing a huge passion oh, what you do. Thank you. Well, you know, we just had a really awesome thing happen. You know, we have Dan here who's observant, and of course the amazing Karen. And we have the amazing Judy here, who we're getting to know really well, who's the founder of like I said, a second act. Well, I am just thrilled to be able to meet a fellow cancer survivor and somebody who's a guest on our show today. And her name is Andrea Evans. And she is a publisher and um, with Front Doors Media. And she is actually going to be one of the participants in a second act next March. 
which is next month. That's right. The 24th, right? Yeah. Like, like, like it's coming up really fast. It's coming up very fast. (laughs) Welcome to Ask the PA Best of Health Radio. Uh, Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio X. Welcome to our room here. Thank you. Please tell us about you and thank you for making it through the traffic. I'm so sorry (laughs) that. You know, you know, I went to ASU and I know the ASU little graduate? Broadway, uh, yeah. the Broadway curve and, and, and getting here. So uh, thank you. And it's great to be with you today. Judy is actually a contributor to Front Doors Magazine, one, okay. of, the, one of the publications that we have okay. uh, at Front Doors Media, where everything is um, stories about giving in our community. Mm-hmm. And you think about cancer survivors and their support systems, and there's a lot of giving that goes on and lots of stories that happen when people do beat their cancer. So uh, that's how Judy and I met, and I learned about a second act. Mm -hmm. And um, then I said, well, guess what? I've had cancer too, two times. Oh, really? Do you want to share what kind of cancer? Sure. I am one of those people um, in the very rare category, very uh, rare brain um, cancer called esthesio neuroblastoma. Congratulations for being a survivor. <laughs> Thank you. When were you diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed in um, the fall of 2012. Okay. And it was, uh, I had had a baby the year before. Wow. And found that I couldn't breathe. Through my nose, I had one hundred percent blockage, mm-hmm. and um, but you have a new baby and you worry about them, and so right. I, I wasn't focused on myself. And come to find out, went to a, finally a near, ear, nose, throat specialist, mm-hmm. and he said you have nasal polyps. Why? Since when? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Did, did you have chronic sinus infections growing up? No, and, and right. I have my tonsils. I never had um, yeah. tubes so in my ears. So, yeah, it was not tracking. And he said, well, Mm -hmm. regardless, we need to get those out. And uh, that's just an outpatient surgery. Mm -hmm. You're going to be great. You're going to have so much more energy for those children. I said, that sounds good. Let's go. So on a Friday, a week before my sister was getting married, Mm -hmm. that's how fine they told me I was going to be, went into St. Joe's Mm -hmm. and um, had routine surgery. And everything went well, but the doctor came out to my husband afterward and said, so I think I figured out what the problem is. Oh, boy. There was about a golf ball-sized growth amongst the nasal polyps. Wow. So I don't know if I should have done this, but I went ahead and took it out, and we've already sent it off for testing. And so, um, you know, do everything that we talked about. And we'll see you on Monday at the post stop um, as scheduled. And so we did. No big deal. No, no, no red flags. Right. And came in on Monday and he was hanging up his little doctor flip phone and said, we got to talk. Oh, boy. And that is something you never want to hear when you're sitting in one of those little chairs in one of those little rooms. No, not at all. And the conversation went like this. I just hung up the phone with Dr. Robert Spetzler from Barrow Neurological Institute. Mm -hmm. That golf ball we took out is cancer. Wow. And, you know, the tears flow and you go, what is going to happen happen next? And then he said, 
great doctor, Jeffrey Taffet is his name, and said, your sister's getting married this weekend? I said, yes, my children are in the wedding. He said, so we're not going to tell her because you're going to be fine. And Good. let's not, you know, ruin this wonderful, happy occasion for your family. Good. And I believe in that so much so that when you, whichever kid of yours gets married first, I will come and dance with them at the wedding. Yeah. That is awesome. So I said, okay, but, but okay, now, now, but, but back to what's going right. on. <laughs> so, and what's our next steps then? What's our right. next steps? And so a lot of, you know, and then you go and start your journey of um, lots of tests, lots of scans, lots mm-hmm. of blood work, lots of everything. And for me, the next um, step was um, to have an official surgery at Barrow Neurological so they could check all the all the places up in my sinus cavity where the tumor was probably touching and see if there had been any um, cells outside of the growth that they took out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, from, from there. So you had an amazing group of doctors. Yeah. Dr. Spexner, amazing. He's never, never really retired. And um, I've had a lot of patients go to Barrows and uh, kudos to Barrows Neurological and to everything that they do for all of us. Amazing people facility. Um, So thank heavens you had that consultation with Barrows that fast and we were able to get the help that you needed. Yes. And, and they even said, they said, I'm sorry, where, where do you live? I said, uh, you know, right up the block. And they said, we don't need to get hotel and family arrangements and everything because my cancer is a one in 2.5 million person cancer. So they don't know a lot about it. And there's only a few places in the country where you would go. And of course, Barrow is one of them. Mm -hmm. So they were shocked that I lived literally up the street. (laughs) Well, it, how do I say this? It was like meant to be in a really weird way. And I know people mm-hmm. listen to what I just said and say, how could you say that to somebody? Mm-hmm. Well, when you've been through our journeys, you kind of get that certain things happen and you just got to believe it happened for some sort of reason in some way. And the fact that you're here today and doing as amazing as you are with no deficits. Congratulations. Thank and welcome. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You must be very excited about next month. And, um, and, you know, can you share with me what's what you anticipate to happen the next next month with this? Sure. So there are eight of us Mm -hmm. that are in the cast. Right. And we actually had our first table read. And so we were able to sit down and hear each other's stories, Mm -hmm. which was um, a pretty amazing experience. Mm -hmm. So we will do that one more time in a rehearsal. You know, last year's show was my first to go and really see it play out. Um, And then this year being a participant, it is an amazing journey to sit there in the audience. Fingers crossed we'll do the same that last year's guest did. But (laughs) I'm sure you will, no doubt. (laughs) The way that um, Judy and her um, group of, you know, professional volunteers is the perfect description of them create this ebb and flow of the stories that you laugh, you cry, right? You identify, you're squeezing the hand of the person that's sitting next to you that you brought with you, mm-hmm. and you just leave with hope, inspiration, 
if you're not the one that's had cancer, that's with your, you know, friend or family member, mm-hmm. or, you know, there to support somebody who has mm-hmm. a deeper understanding um, and maybe even a little aha of what Those they went through. Of aha, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that we've found is that people come up to uh, the cast members or me in the lobby afterwards mm-hmm. during the giant love fest and say, one of several things. First, I thought this was going to be a really sad cancer thing. This was amazing. That's number one. Um, number two, I never thought I could laugh at cancer because we have a lot of humor. Oh, sure. But thirdly, and this is this is the one that gets me the most, they say, you know, I realize that if those women can overcome what they overcame, I can certainly do whatever life challenge is in front of me because life is full of challenges. And oh, you yeah, got everybody. Have a, that's right. And you got to have a second act after every one. Right. So having having seen these women rise from it, they just think, wow, I, I can go do that. And that's, of course, this is a fundraiser for the organization and all of that is wonderful. But to me, that's the money to empower somebody to overcome. I mean, these performances redefine courage and the human potential. They really do. They're just really astounding. And what excites me is that when you leave, it's like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And yep. what you're doing is just empowering. It's and, a pay it forward. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yep. And how many people would actually attend these performances? Well, last year, the 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 last three years, in fact, in fact, of the Phoenix performances, we've sold out at three hundred. So um, we are blessed with a woman who has a thirty-year theater history. She and her husband had a production company, a play production company here in the valley, and she followed me into a parking garage right after I had launched Second Act and I had spoken at a thing at Virginia Piper Cancer Center, and she said. I think I want second act to be my second act. I'd, I'd like to volunteer. And oh, I said, okay, what do you want to do? So she, Deidre Kay, is our executive producer, and she is amazing. Mm-hmm. So after last year's performance, um, she said, okay, I never produced a show at Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. That's where we're going for 2019. And that's I was fabulous. Like, oh, my gosh. That's 850 seats. It's a great venue. Yep, that's 1,900 buns. I need 850 people. There you and, go, everybody. Come on out. <laughs> so 1,700. I need, I need 850 people. And But the cool thing is, right now, for a limited time, we have buy two tickets, get two tickets free. Oh, nice. And the tickets are very reasonably priced. They're $22 plus a theater charge. Um, so they come to like 25 26 bucks. But if you buy two, you get two free. Our intention is just to fill the place. Do a lot of the oncology offices know about what's going on? Like, you know, I hope so. I do Ironwood my best. Oh, yeah. And, and, Ironwood is a sponsor. Virginia Piper is a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, Scottsdale Medical in- Imaging is a sponsor. Oh, great. So, Got a great um, group of sponsors yep. there. I have a hit list. And, of course, Front Doors Media. I have a hit list of all of the oncology uh, world along with all the advocates, um, organizations, both local and national. So, and then each of us reach out to our respective circles that were part of our journeys. And now that this is, um, 
we're the fourth Phoenix cast, right? So Judy's been collecting everybody year after year after year. And I I even said after last year, I said, you're at that tipping point now that these now forecasts and their circles can sell out a bigger, you know, right. venue. And, and it can go exponential. Why That's would right. you go away right. just because you did it last year or the year before? Right. Oh, no, you're in once you've Every, participated. The, the cast become what we call part of the purple tribe. Purple is the universal color for, for survivorship, right. regardless of cancer. So they become the purple tribe. And yeah, so now there's a significant a significant number of them. And what would be really cool is to see you guys do something virtually. Like, you well, know, uh, or am I allowed to, that's what I think would be really so, amazing for those people that are out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. that don't have the access to Phoenix Metro and those kinds of things. How do you reach out to those people? Because those are the people that really feel that's right. alone. Mm-hmm. So right? we have, we have two avenues for that. So when we were sitting backstage at the very first performance, two of the cast members, before they even went on stage, came running up to me and said, you're a writer. This needs to be a book. We need to make this a book. So we launched a couple months later. So in the in the summer of 2011, the first volume, first edition of our book called A Second Act, Cancer Survivors Changing the Question from Why Me to What's Next. I brought you a copy. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, we got to the point where we didn't want to make it any thicker because then it was going to be more expensive to ship Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So now we have 32 stories in every volume. Each time there is a new cast, the oldest in that volume, in that edition rolls off and we do another edition with the new cast. But volume one, those first four casts, are always for sale on Amazon. Volume two is now for sale. And we have a system whereby those books are for sale with the stories in this year's show after the show. We've oh, got them fabulous. produced and ready. Yeah, yep. it's great. Giant signing fest. The other thing, so people anywhere can order these on Amazon or order them from our website, asecondact.org, and they get a copy of the book. We also have um, donors who just are so generous, and um, for five hundred bucks, you get twenty books with a label on the inside, mm-hmm. telling the world of your generosity. And we scatter those in waiting rooms and infusion centers wherever, either in their market or in ours. The other way that people outside of Metro Phoenix. Um, can enjoy these stories on our website, we have a Purple Tribe page. And you go to that page and there's all these beautiful women's faces with their name and their cancer type. You click on it and you can watch their performance because we video them and then we split them up into individual stories. So you can see any of them except mine because I'm pretty much the same thing every year and you'd get bored. So... (laughs) So oh, listen to that. <laughs> you never get I, bored with Judy. Yeah, I was going to say, he it seems to me like there's a twist in the action all the time with this one. Of course. Oh, man. So That's can fabulous. I just give the specifics of the performance? That's where we're headed. Okay, like, great. Yeah. So it is Sunday, March 24th mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. It's perfect. You could go to church in the morning. You can have brunch in the morning or you can go afterwards for wine or early dinner. 
Um, tickets, as I said, are $22 plus the theater charges, uh, bring it up to 26. Okay. Olivia Fierro from Arizona family, uh, channel three, Arizona family mm-hmm. and Arizona, good morning, Arizona is Arizona, what I'm trying to right. say, um, is our MC for the second mm-hmm. year in a row. She's wonderful. And, um, the governor makes a proclamation each year for us, um, designating the week leading up to the show as Arizona Cancer Survivors Second Act Celebration Week. So congratulations. We, thank that's you. big. I know. I know. That's, that's really, really awesome. So um, we've had wonderful representatives from um, the Capitol come and present officially to a second act each year. So, yeah, that's really good. I'm hoping next year the governor will actually come. <laughs> good <laughs> well, chance. Yeah, that's you right. Know, you never know. That's right. But we've had wonderful representatives come. That's, we really have. That's fabulous. So basically, just envision if you are somebody who I still kind of curious if there's a plan in the future for someone out in the middle of nowhere who could actually just like listening to our podcasts could actually just actually visually or listen to the second act live, a second live. Is that something that you guys would plan live on? beyond beyond the videos? You mean yeah, mm-hmm. beyond like that night, like oh, I see like what let's saying. say that afternoon. You, yeah. yeah, 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 that would be awesome. I mean, that would be so fabulous, that especially really for cool. your family, your friends, because they want to be in spirit with you. Absolutely. And then there's other people that may even be in the hospital yep. at the time, and just to provide hope and say, listen, I was in the hospital too. I went through this. You went through this. You're going to make it. I'm curious. I want to backtrack a couple, just a couple steps. Can you tell me a couple specific second acts that people are doing? Like what specifically is your second act? Sure. Um, and that's what the the show is. Right. But, um, Without my, spoiling the show. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm trying for, to be careful. No, no, no. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I apologize for that. And um, so, you know, we, we talked about the my discovery of, of ha- having cancer. What happened next actually was four years later, you know, doing my routine MRIs is, right. is my way to, to check up. I did not have any um, uh, radiation or chemotherapy. They gave me after that barrow okay, surgery, uh, you're, you're good. Everything okay. came back clean. So um, away I went and back to my life. Um, a lot of healing involved, but mm-hmm. again, mom of two children, business owner. And it was at the four-year mark that I was actually negotiating the purchase of Front Doors Magazine from its Mm -hmm. founder, um, a wonderful lady named Julia Patrick. And um, I'd always been in the nonprofit space Mm -hmm. and worked with the community, um, but this was a new opportunity for me to become a publisher. Right. And uh, went in for that scan got a call personally from the neurosurgeon uh, mm-hmm. two days later Boy. with a, with a, Hey, we got to talk. So in my mind, my second act was starting and it came to a abrupt halt. Right. I was mad. Sure. I was really mad. Sure. I was, I was not, I was good the first time because it was just hope and we're going to get there and the kids are fine. I'll get through this. Yeah. This time, the wind out of your sails was taking something away from me mm-hmm. that I was ready to jump off a cliff for right. um, in my career. So that really is the rest of the story. Is 
how that came to still happen mm-hmm. and that I am now the publisher of this wonderful publication. And um, there's lots of other things that go with that. Can you and, tell us a little bit more about the publication? Yeah, of course. So as I said, Front Doors is, is the place um, for stories about giving in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's valley-wide, our coverage. Our intent is to share the stories of the nonprofits in our community and all the hard work that their mm-hmm. staff, volunteers, supporters do and make happen, as well as the philanthropists in town, foundations, corporate donors, and all the very interesting, intricate um, good that is being done when you look at that whole cycle and umbrella year after year um, here in our community. And we do that through um, a magazine, mm-hmm. Front Doors Magazine. We also, every Thursday, have an e- e-blast newsletter called The Knock. Oh, great name. So you get yeah. <laughs> great name. You get the knock in your email. You go, oh, there's front doors. You That's know. great. Um, and then um, we've really been growing our social media presence as well. And then Carrie Pena, um, formerly of, of Channel 3, mm-hmm. uh, we're on Channel 3 theme today. She has her own uh, production company now, video production company. And so uh, she is our host and partner of Front Doors TV. And we do video Congratulations. content. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So, How long has that been going on? Uh, we started it uh, last in 2017-18 season. And uh, we do about an episode once a month. And it is a, a place for um, nonprofits needing video content. Mm-hmm. That it's an opportunity for a partnership that they we work together to tell their story and uh, as well as updates on what's going on with the magazine or with our company right. and, and what's what's happening. So, so yeah, we're we're busy little folks. You are very busy, <laughs> yeah. And so again, it's it's like taking something that could be construed as so negative, but making so much positivity out of it. And what I love is in the last just like half hour so far, we've talked about so many positive things, and we never hear about that on traditional media. Correct. And that's what I love about Phoenix Business Radio X because we hear about all the positivity going on. And it's like the negativity really is very, very minimal compared to what's going on here. And you think of all the the, the cancer patients and people that are cured, people like me that are wondering what's next. Again, you, you're giving them hope and for you to be able to take these nonprofits and give them an opportunity to be highlighted and to show their stories is just spectacular. And thank you for that. Thank you. Thank yes, you so very much. Our current issue is frontdoorsmedia.com. And every February, we celebrate anniversaries mm-hmm. in our space. And what a lot of people, I know they don't know this, but uh, this month, the Grand Canyon is 100 years old as a national park. Yeah, really? it, got, it got dug out sooner than that. Longer <laughs> yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a few. <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly how old the Grand Canyon is, but yeah, but we are celebrating the anniversary of it being declared a national park. It would, and they provided these beautiful vintage photos. Oh, that's that are amazing. throughout the cover story um, that we that we have this month. You know, so we are we're 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 celebrating all kinds of things that are positive. Um, and inspirational uh, with our storytelling. Thank you. Yeah. 
And the other question I had was, what other programs do you have with a second act? That's right. I didn't tell you that yet. Did I? I was just kind of curious what, because I, yeah, I know there's a lot of things that you're doing behind the scenes. That's right. So the money that we raise mm-hmm. at the performances from our books, donors, grants, fundraisers, allow us to host Girls Night Out events quarterly. Harley Davidson of Scottsdale is our host. Do you guys all show up on Harley's? <laughs> no. No, no but one, <laughs> of the, one of the Girls Night Out, everybody got a purple bandana, a purple nice. do-rag. And then another one, everybody got uh, a second act tattoos, rub-on tattoos. Okay. Right. Anyway, go permit? So, no, no, no. Although we are in the party space on the second floor right next to the tattoo parlor. So we could, hey, we totally could. Probably could get yeah. a discount there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway... <laughs> They are basically survivor happy hours, although they're open to anyone, boys and girls, anyone with either who is either a survivor or a co-survivor, someone who a family member, a friend who walked the cancer journey with them and the oncology community. And and that would include social workers and psychologists, Mm -hmm. as well as doctors and nurses. And while they look like just some fun wine and a signature cupcake, they there's actually a lot of healing that goes on. The Purple Tribe members right. are there. They all have little designations. They get to chat one-on-one with gals, some of whom are, are brand new to survivorship, some who are decades old but have not ever found an organization like this. So we get 50, 60 women just rocking the place. Then... We recognize that while the beautiful women who grace our stages um, and even all of those who audition, we we get um, about 24 auditionees each mm-hmm. year and their stories are every bit as precious as those of the cast members who are chosen mm-hmm. for that year. The um, But there are some who haven't yet, some women haven't yet figured out what their second act might be. They, they're they still sort of stuck in the why me part. So we also do quarterly workshops around the Valley, day-long retreats to help women consider their skills and their passions and what I their love cancer love it, might love have it. uniquely qualified them to do in a second act. And a second act doesn't have to be building a hospital wing or buying a magazine right. or creating an organization It can be either looking at something you've already been doing with an entirely different viewpoint, Mm -hmm. um, following up on a passion that you had pre-cancer that you didn't act upon, but now realize is the time. We always have a cast member or two who just say, you know, I have more of a freestyle second act. I, I speak to people who need to be spoken to. I, you know, if someone needs um, some encouragement, I tell them my story. Right. So more of a, a freestyle kind of free-spirited sort of a thing. A second act can be any way that you choose to give back to the greater good after cancer and does not even have to be cancer-related. And then we do the micro-grants, which are huge. We have we make $1,000 grants available to survivors, again, either in Phoenix or Tucson, because that's where our programs are, um, to launch or grow their second act. So we've given away $7,000 in our little three-year history. Wow. 
I hear that you also have some book projects going on. What's going on with that? Oh, my book? Yeah. My personal book? Yeah. Well, one of the things that very often gets lost is when someone becomes a survivor. It used to be decades ago that there were no survivors. Everyone died until about the 1970s. At that point in time, we made significant uh, progress in chemotherapy treatments and radiation treatments, but people still felt they weren't survivors until they hit some magic mark, five years. And so, yeah. So if you were a survivor at five years and then you got cancer the next year, your cancer came back or you got another cancer, does that mean you're not a survivor? It was was also nebulous. So in 1986, an organization was founded in Albuquerque with a group of 22 individuals from around the country who at that moment, at that weekend, said, this stops now. You become a survivor at the moment of diagnosis because that's when you start surviving cancer. It doesn't matter how far out you are or how much treatment you still have to go or whether you have to live with your cancer. You're still a survivor. Exactly. And truly, the advances in in treatment came as as a result of something people know very little about, President Richard Nixon, on December 21st, 1971, signed the National Cancer Act, vowing that he would see to it that cancer was cured by the bicentennial in 1976. Of course, when the bicentennial came along, all anyone remembered of Nixon was Watergate and the disgrace and all of that. But his war on cancer, his advisors said to him, Dick, people hate you. You have to come up with something that make pe- will make people like you. Johnson had a war on poverty. Why don't you declare war on cancer? And he was like, okay, done. So as a result of all the money that he began diverting into cancer research, that was what allowed us to start turning the corner in cancer. There is a woman who lives in Tucson who was the recipient of one of those very first successful chemotherapy regimens in 1972 for a cancer the year before would have killed her. The book I'm writing is The History of Nixon's War on Cancer, The Survivorship Movement It Started, and The Woman Who Gave It a Voice, because she was at that very first meeting of the National Coalition of Cancer Survivorship. Nobody has any idea about that. Oh, no. It's so fascinating. Yeah, Yeah. it's really, and it's not just another cancer book. It is astounding each step of the way. She's a four-time cancer survivor as a result of her very aggressive treatment. So each of the cancers that she's had, I tell the history of that cancer and how far we've come. So it's it's really, I can hardly wait to go home and work on my book. I'm excited for you. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. As somebody who just published a book myself, it's really exciting to just be able to have an idea and say, look, I did this. I gave birth to this. Several of them. That's all right. This will be four. To be a publisher (laughs) and everything that you're doing. I, I, I just am so amazed to see your positivity too. We kind of, I had one more question about your, you know, the second cancer around. Mm -hmm. You're really angry. How did you get over it? We never got to that. We kind of, you know, this is how these conversations go. We go all over the place. But how on the spot did you? How did you deal with that? You know, uh, it's it's still part of my journey. To okay. be honest with okay. you, it is a process. Um, yes. You know, so you know, coming out of so second time, I had to stop everything um, and really, you know, 
I put some new exciting things on my plate. I did have uh, six weeks of radiation and six rounds of chemotherapy. So the second time was different in every sense uh, of the word. The other thing was, is my children were now five years old and 12 years old. So we did need to kind of communicate why and what was going on Mm -hmm. that mommy was in a, you know, be in the hospital for at least a week. So, and running to these, you know, radiation and chemo appointments and lots of rest and bed. And and so Mm -hmm. it really was that I felt like the first time was this, I called it a bump in the road. Right. And uh, that was the name of my Facebook page for my family to follow as we were going through it the first time. Yeah, I didn't even activate that the second time because we were just talking about a whole (laughs) nother situation. And so the anger was diverted by the distraction of that I did by the business at the moment that I could. And therapy, seeing a therapist for the first time ever in my life and talking some things through. And that was in support of a great husband. Um, making sure we didn't fall apart, yep. uh, which we're still together. I think all together. three of us are very grateful for our husbands who <laughs> um, please through this. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't even make it to the year mark. Uh, the editor, uh, my partner in the publication, he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. And unfortunately, his situation was the opposite of mine in that it was um, pancreatic cancer and that he passed away in 30 days. So sorry. So then I had that perspective uh, on top of it and grief, which didn't identify with grief in my uh, situation, but that being thrown in there. And so it continues to be this journey. And I think it'll be one that continues because unfortunately, you know, there's somebody in your life that's diagnosed with cancer or even a friend of a friend or, you know, we're so connected now that it is figuring out how to be and what to do and how to be supportive and have perspective on what you've gone through every day and everything right. that happens. Um, so it, it's still a journey. That I'm on. It makes yeah. you realize the precious gift that every day is. And it makes you realize Absolutely. don't waste a minute. D- let go of the anger. Let go of the the stress. There's a quote that I love. Um, Mary Cassatt was a um, an artist who was speaking with a survivor of the Lusitania, which was a ship that was bombed mm-hmm. um, by the by the Germans. And he just had gone through this horrific experience and, and kept saying, I don't know why I've lived. I don't know why I've lived. And Mary said to him, you lived because there is still more for you to do. Right. And whether that is a week or decades, it doesn't matter. There's still something more for you to do and you just need to grasp every day and do it. That's been kind of my motto. And uh, I've had a lot of things thrown at me in the last eight months. Uh, Well, since April 3rd, actually, it's been crazy. And it's right. You're grateful for the ability to be able to work. You're grateful for your family. You're grateful for things that people take for granted. It's interesting. Sometimes I've had a few patients come into my my office and they'll start in on some 
certain things. And one in particular was so funny. She said, uh, I'm really upset about this additional paperwork I have to do. La, 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 la. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry that that's happening to you. It's putting additional stress on you. And then she looked at me. She goes, I can't believe I just said that to you. I said, what do you mean? That problem is very valid. I mean, I, I, I'm here for you. She goes, you're dealing with cancer. I need to like walk out of your office right now, go back and do the paperwork and just be quiet. <laughs> and I just started <laughs> laughing. I said, and, and I just started laughing. I said, well, yeah, but you know, I'm here for you. It's not about me. It's about you. But that's the thing that's so encouraging to be able to spend time with, with you two is as somebody who's newer on this journey and with my melanoma, especially, um, I'm counseling a lot of people um, all over the world right now with a lot of PMs and stuff like that. I'm not practicing medicine necessarily, but I'm learning as much as I can about melanoma, immunotherapy, targeted therapy, all these different therapies, and trying to help people through their journeys as well in in my way and just trying to lead by example. And what you two are doing is you're leading by example and you're contagious, okay? You're contagious in an amazing way. And I am so grateful to have the opportunity to know both of you and to just hear what you're saying and being really honest about it. You know, this is the way it is. And we're, you know, you get those lemons, you're making great lemonade out of it. And like you said, I think what I loved about what you just said is that we don't know how long this is going to last. Right. You, know, you know, some survivors survive, you know, 50, you know, my grandmother, for example, Hodgkin's lymphoma in the 70s. She was blasted with um, so much chemo. Yeah, and chemotherapy. She lasted, she's 92 years old. Wow. Then I've also had patients, many of my patients, I've gone through the cancer journey with them. And as a healthcare provider, let me tell you, until you've gotten the diagnosis yourself, you can say you understand, you don't, right? You right. just don't get it. And so you you live that. Can both of you just final, just couple of words, and we're going to wrap this up. Um, just couple final thoughts and pitch second act and go give it Andrea, to me go, go for it well the one thing I'm excited about I'll, I'll, one thing i haven't mentioned is um i i do sit down now in every summer pick something that i've always wanted to do okay and um so this friday actually i'm doing dancing with the stars really for the national kidney foundation and it is a full Bravo. blown local version of the show on abc and today I got my dress. Oh, how fun. Woo! And it's fringy skirts. <laughs> nice. And I have my last lesson with my professional instructor tomorrow. And it is a, it's a fundraising contest. And I remember um, this wonderful lady. She won the first time uh, that it happened uh, 13 years ago and then was all in as a volunteer. And, and she actually um, has since passed away uh, mm-hmm. of cancer. So I, I wrote her late or her husband and told him I was doing this with her in mind. Oh, and that, you know, and they'd say dance is one of those things that really helps your mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I was been looking forward to doing this and it's happening in two days. Congratulations. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And I just have to say that stars survivors tell a real story is an afternoon. You will always remember. You'll never forget. Mm -hmm. So we tell people be amused, be inspired, just be there. March 24th. So excited. I am going to do everything in my power to be there. I'm so excited to watch and be part of this. 
Thank you so much for your time this Thank afternoon. You. Thank um, you. It's been such a pleasure to host you. Well, it's a wrap, everybody. This is uh, Best of Health Radio by Ask the PA. Also, uh, keep in mind my book that's out there, Surviving the Business of Healthcare, Knowledge is Power. What a thrill this afternoon. Thank you so much. Have a great one, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks.